for Frank. So today we're going to just open the Bible and we're going to read from Romans 12. And I hope you guys really like it because uh, that's all I got for today. <sighs> Hi. <laughs> today, you guys, is a wonderful day. It is full of blessings. It is full of gifts. On top of it, we have sunshine and perfect weather. This is awesome. The cool thing is that God gives us each day and every day. And today is pretty cool because you're not going to hear a lot of intellectual talk about the Bible and deep theology. Today, this one's on you guys. Today, this is what you do and how you do with the things you know. So, first thing you'll notice is that I asked Sean not to put the text on the bulletin. Guys, we have God's word. It's in the pews. You're carrying it. Okay? This is God's protected word. This is truth. I try to follow it the best I can, but don't follow me. Please open the Bibles and read. If you have your own Bible, you know what page it is. If you're using one of the pew Bibles, it is on page 1049. So it is in the New Testament. And guys, I'm never talking down to you or any of that. But something cool, maybe you don't know. You want to find the New Testament? Grab your Bible, open it in half. Take the back half, split that in half. Boom, you're in the New Testament. Pretty cool, pretty easy to find, right? <clears throat> so sometimes we always assume that everybody knows everything and, oh, of course you know the books of the Bible. Well, to be honest with you guys, I don't know the order of the books of the Bible. I cheat. I'll look over at my wife going, where's she going with that? Okay, how many pages? Oh, okay, I see that, and we go through there. Or I'll use an index. Never, ever, ever be ashamed to ask someone, hey, where's that at? Or use the index of the Bible. It's not a matter of, oh, I'm holy because I know the order of the books of the Bible and know where that's at. What's in the Bible? So never think of yourself any less, and don't think of anybody else less if you're helping them find where the Bible is. So we're going to Romans 12 today. But first, I wanted to share something with you. Um, I said again, because I want you to hold the Bible. And there's a reason why I want you in the Bible. It's God's word. God has presented this in everything through the centuries. He has made this available to you. We have freely set it out for you, and, and maybe you've gotten your own. It is not a sermon of what I say. It is a sermon of what God has said in his word. And I want you to know that that's true and factual. So as you're holding that and you're looking at it, you realize, hey, this is from the Bible. The Bible is given to you to know God better. Not for me to just sit up here and preach and drone on. It's for you. It's for you to hold in your hands. I wanted to switch back. I'm going to turn back just one page. And we're going to go to Romans 10. 8 through 13, and it says, but what does it say in that what they're talking about is the righteousness based on faith? The word is near you. Guess what, guys? You have the word in your hand. The living true word of God written to you is right now being held in your hand. It's not being made up. It's not being changed by me. It's in your hand. 
check me, guide me, watch it, absorb it. And the reason we do this is because by putting it in your hand, the word is near you. It also says it's in your mouth, it's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture said, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? This morning, I am the preacher. I am preaching the word of God to you. I'm telling you about it. I'm telling you what it has said. You are reading it. When you walk out of here today, you are the preacher for those around you. And that's what we're trying to get at, guys. It's not enough. to just absorb God's word and say thank you. We're going to learn that he has given us gifts, and he's given us many gifts, and he's given us different gifts of each one of us. A gift is to be received, and it's to be shared. It's not something that you're making up and you're developing and you're creating to hold for yourself. It is something that was freely given to you, and the reason it was freely given given to you is so you can be filled and you can fill others and build them up. So you guys, just by backing up, there's there's a sermon in, in there, and I, I don't mean to pull it out of context. I don't mean to shorten everything. But you guys, the word is near you. You have the word. You've come to church. You're obviously looking for encouragement and praise of the Lord. You want to share with him, with the family of believers, and build up the body. You're here. So I thank you for that. We are very gifted, and we're going to learn what those gifts are. So as we go into verse, or I'm sorry, chapter 12, verse 1 through 21, let me read this. I appeal to you, brother, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving in our serving, the one who teaches in teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. 
and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. There is so much in this passage, and I will probably be going a different direction than most of you think. And I'm not trying to do anything shocking or fun or any of that. But there is so much right here, and it can be broken down in so many ways, and we can run theology all over the place in this passage. But I just want to share with you that because God is alive and present in your life, which he has given you, and you are alive and present in the lives of others, we have been given gifts to share. And when we have been given those gifts, there's a way to share them. And there's also ways not to share them. So what I want to do today is just share with you, and we'll break this down. But I'm mainly going to say, this is how you should do it. You guys know your lives. I know some of you, but to be honest with you, what you do after you leave here, I don't follow a lot of it. You guys know who you're with, whether it's family, friends, coworkers. You know the situations that are coming up. So I just ask that you listen to these and, and you absorb them. And you go, you know what? That's me. I, I'm doing that wonderfully. Or I'm really blowing it. I'm trying to do what it says, but I'm doing it in the wrong way. So please, uh, just follow through with me. It starts out, <clears throat> I appeal to you, therefore. And we know that there's always a therefore. What is it, therefore? And we go through that. And this is basically because of God's grace and mercy that he's shown you. By the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. When they talk of bodies, they're not only talking about your physical body that you have to present, to do things, to have actions in. They're also saying about your spiritual body, your actions, your thoughts, the way that you do things to people. I think we all know that we can do things and we can be told to do things, and, and especially as children, go do this. Fine, I'm gonna, I'll go do this. The same thing happens in our lives. Love one another. Fine. You're, you're sweet. Um, yeah, you look really nice tonight. I love you. Fine. Great. You know, I'll have to love you. We don't do it with sincerity. We have to do these things. And as we come up to them, we have to be sincere in our hearts and loving and following the will of God. So we present not only physically help to people to do things, and I'll be honest with you, I've physically helped people, and my wife's taken the brunt of the horrible things that I've said. Somebody says, hey, will you do this? Sure. And then I go home and go, I, I can't believe I have to go there. Ugh, I'm so frustrated. i got to get there. I'm getting my tools. I'm doing this and this and this. And she's like, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. And then I walk up and I go, hi, I'm here. How are you? 
And, you know, honestly, if my heart were changed and it were different, and I saw that as an option of loving and caring and sharing, which I should do, but no, I filtered it through the world and my own opinions as opposed to God's opinions. So some of the things I do are not done in a correct way, even if they get performed. So it goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Just as I touched on that, I wanted to share with you that, you know, the person you are is not who the world thinks they've made you or who the world thinks you are. You actually are the person that God has made you to be. There's no questions. There's no conforming. The world's not going to twist you and, and shift you around. Yes, you may follow them. You may follow the things of the world. You may be pressured. But God, above all things, has made you his son and daughter, who he loves. God didn't set a mold out there and go, I hope it turns out okay. God has perfected you, and he's leading you in this life. Do we follow him continually? No. We are twisted and bent and switched around by the world. Okay, But that doesn't change who we are. We're still God's children. We're still loved by the creator of all things. So yes, we can be molded and twisted and set aside. And you know what? I don't know that, you know, there's, there's been things where it's like, watch this and you twist it and you turn it and you do this and you let it go. And it goes back to what it really was. Okay. That's what happens in our lives. We get taken by the world. We get twisted. We get pulled. We get broken. We get set aside. And God picks us back up and puts us together and goes, this is who you are. Not the twisted and mauled up thing that the world has given you, but you are the one that I love. So don't be conformed by the world. Understand that it's happening. There's no doubt. We have struggles. We have trials. We have tribulations. The world is coming against us. Okay? But we don't have to live that way. We just discern things through God. We think about, what would God want me to do in this situation? Yes, that person's being bad to me, but what does that matter in God's realm? What does it matter to my salvation? God loves me. That person has said this about me or done this to me, but did that change God's mind? Did that change God's heart? Not at all. And if you put that reflection on it, then the things that are coming against you through the world matter in no way. There's nothing there. What God thinks of you doesn't change. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. He loves you. The world will change and try to attack you in many different ways, and God just hugs you and hugs you and hugs you and loves you. And you need to remember that when you're thinking about what you're doing with today. <clears throat> For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think with sober judgments, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. This is, I laugh because this is me. Don't think higher than I ought to think. You know, it's pride. And, you know, I come up and, and think, wow, okay, this, this is what I'm going to say, and this is how it's going to do, and they're going to react this way. All oh, this is going to be great. And the fact is, is when I come to church and I'm preaching, I sit there and I pray, God, take away all my words and put yours in my mouth. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to be anybody. I want God to be present. 
I want God to be heard. I want God to be praised and lifted up. So don't think any higher than we ought to, but don't think any lower than you should. You are a child of the Most High God. You are loved. You were created to be here. This isn't a mistake. This isn't evolution. This isn't thousands of years of a piece of mold growing up and becoming you. This is God saying, I want you right here. I want you right now, and I love you. You guys, your father is the creator of all things in heaven and earth. So don't think lowly of yourselves. Don't think, oh, poor me. Think, man, this is cool. But you know, when you get the pride, send it to God. Because God deserves all that we have to offer in glory and honor and respect. We are his sons and daughters. And man, by his grace and mercy, he loves us. That's cool. You can get big-headed over that. But the reason you're big-headed is because God is our Father. So be careful about pride, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually we're members of one another. As we sit in this church, this small community right here, we all do something different to help out. For some reason, Sean doesn't let me get behind the computer. I don't know why. <laughs> because I would, <laughs> I would destroy whatever I touch back there. I have no abilities in the computer. <clears throat> but I'm glad that Sean and others do. I don't sing very well. But we have the ladies and others that sing beautifully. You guys, I, I wanted to stop and just thank you for this morning. Um, there was another situation this week where I was in a position, and guess what? They sang, How Great Thou Art. Guess what? Nobody stood up. Nobody sang. It was kind of mumbled. And I don't mean to be talking bad, but How Great Thou Art. How Great Thou Art. And I was dying. My favorite song. And I want to stand up and scream. And I know my voice is just crazy. And so it's like, okay, sit, sit, sit. You know what I'm like a dog. Stay, stay, stay. And it was just one of those where it's like, how could you not stand up and glorify God through this song? It is amazing. And you guys started this morning and I'm just loving it. And it's singing. And and you guys, I sing terribly. That's why I sit up front. Nobody hears me. It comes forward. God has a graphic equalizer that's fantastic. He hears my voice and goes, oh, that's so sweet. But you know what? We have that ability to rejoice and to do these things, and we get to do them in different ways. If you're not a singer, we have people that are leading. If you're not a computer guy, we have guys that are covering that. If you're not a preacher, you can hear. You know, we have people. Eric just is taking a step down for two weeks. Unfortunately, you'll have to hear me again next week. But Eric's taking a little bit of a break. And he's like, hey, Ron, will you take it? Yes, I will. Because we're building up the church. There's no reason that if Eric can't make it, that we just stop. Okay? We just pick up the pieces and we have people behind us. We have people picking us up. We have people that will read the word and share with you. We have people that, and this is the fantastic part about this church, we have people that will pray for you. Oh, all I can do is pray. All I can do is lift you up to the Lord Most High, the Creator of all things in heaven and earth, and bring your name before Him. He already knows what's going on, but 
you know, we have prayer warriors, which I think, yeah, something like that. I, we were trying to decide if you know Spanish. Kim was helping us. We we're trying to figure out that that's prayer warrior for the Hispanic church. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so you guys, we have people that pray. We have people that finance, that, that deal with the money that we have to deal with. You would think that the church is like, okay, you know, don't talk about money. Don't do this. Don't do that. Well, we live in the world. We do have to talk about money. We do have to have somebody that can direct the funds where they go to watch and how we do this and what goes in, what goes out. The government has a whole list of things that we have to do to make sure that we're being legal. We have people that are doing that for us, you guys. So it's a matter of one person does different things, but we are the church. Now, as I say that to this church, we pull it out these doors and we build up the church of Christ. We are all one. Please, I know that there's denominational differences. I know that there are churches out there that actually are teaching things that aren't in the Bible. I understand that. We don't have to encourage wrong teaching. We don't have to encourage different denominational beliefs. But we have to love one another and lift them up. God sees all the churches. And when he calls us home, you guys... Pastor friend who was a pastor for the uh, Foursquare Gospel Church, he led and he says, God's going to come through and, and on that day, he's going to come to this church and go, you, 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 you. He's going to go to another church and go, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. He's going to go to the other church and say, this one, this one, this one. He's going to go on the street for the people that aren't in church and go, you, 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 you. We don't know who that is. Our job is to love them. Our job is to share the word of God to the best of our knowledge and the best of it that it says by the measure of faith that God has assigned to you. The faith is believing the truth of what you've heard. And again, that's why I've asked you to hold your Bible. I may be wrong. God is not. You read the Bible, you know that you're right. <clears throat> Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. Prophecy in this one, <clears throat> and I do have to look at my notes because there's different things of prophecy in this context. The gift of speaking, preaching, and expounding Scripture under the Holy Spirit's influence. Did you get that? So prophecy is not just the, I see this coming and God has given me this word. Okay, Although there are people that can speak prophetically or have spoken prophetically. I can't even say it. Um, but right now we're just talking about expounding on the Scripture. It's exactly what I'm doing. You guys have read the scripture, you're holding the scripture, and I'm just sharing the thoughts that the Holy Spirit has filled me with. So that's my ability. That's what I can do, and that's what I'm doing it. Okay, so in proportion to my faith, I have great faith. I have great trust in the Lord. I know his word. I try to share it. If you were asking me, what's your proportion of faith to yourself? I'd say a lot less. Okay. That's why I ask you to read the word. So, if service in our serving, if your gift that God has freely given you is service, use it. I like to serve. Well, what are you doing? Eh, not too much. Oh, well, we have this opportunity. We have that opportunity. We have that. Ah, I don't feel like it. Oh, well, you seem to be very good at that. Eh, I really don't want to. God's gifted you in so many different ways. What if we had the people that Debbie and Kim 
Beautiful singer, beautiful piano. Yeah, don't want to. Wow, God's giving you a gift? Yeah, it's mine, I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to share it. That would be horrible. What if our financial person said, yes, I know the tax laws and I know this and that, but eh, just put it in a pile over there. We'll see what happens. You guys, these things that we've been given need to use, and we need to use them in the ways that we've been taught. If you're learning to serve, there are so many ways. How many of you have greeted somebody in the door? What's your service? Well, I can't really do anything. I don't know of anything right now. Can you smile and say hi? Well, yeah. Is, is that something? You bet. It's welcoming somebody into the house of the Lord. That's a great service. So if you're able to serve and you feel that God is telling you to do something, do it! The one who teaches in his teaching. You guys, I don't like teaching. I don't want to be up here teaching you. But you know what my desire is? Is that you know. And God has given me an ability to share what he has shown me and hopefully I can bring it into words that you can absorb and that you can take. It's not about me. It's not about, oh, this is so much fun. I'm going to be able to get up there and preach. It's reading God's word and thinking, I wish everybody knew these. I wish everybody was receiving the word that God is giving. Well, Ron, what can you do about that? Well, Eric gave me time. I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to tell you about it. That's why I'm teaching, not for myself, but for you. That's something as a member of the church I can do. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. You guys, we have teaching, and sometimes you'll hear somebody just go on and talk about things and read out of a book, and you're going, okay, I took notes, I got this. I don't know what it means. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what's there. Exhortation. When you guys leave here today, are you going to talk about what I said? Are you going to talk about the Bible? Are you going to share with others what was going on? Or are you just going to receive it and go, that was nice. Oh, it's time to go to lunch. The truth is, is that exhortation and teaching go hand in hand. Teach somebody something, show them the excitement and what they can do with it and why they need to receive it. Be excited about Christ. Share him. You guys, knowing Christ is wonderful. Sharing Christ is awesome. It is amazing. So if you know how to teach, teach. And if you can share an exhortation and building people up, do that. They go hand in hand. The one who contributes in generosity. We always joke, and I know I'm going to forget, so somebody tell me because I've got my check in my pocket and I'll walk home with it that way. Please, as I'm leaving, go, hey, Ron, over there. But you guys, when we give, do you pull the money out and go, oh, man, i got to give to the church today? Or when you're writing a check, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to pay all the other bills, but I have to do this because they said I need to donate. When we come to offering and when I speak of it, it always is a gift that God has given us. God has given you the ability to produce wealth. Only by him do you have anything. And he gives you the opportunity to return it so that his word is shared. Do we do that in a little bit? 
Well, let's see if I can give it, I think I have some change here. Maybe I can give that. It's the least I can do. And it really is the least you can do. But when you can give and you have finance availability, give it generously. When you can give of your abilities, give them generously. When you can give of the things that God has given, give them away. Because you know what? And I've shared before that if you give a child a quarter and tell him, don't lose that, he goes like this. And if you have a whole other pile of money, he won't open his hands. You can drop that right over his hands and it'll fall to the ground, but he's got that quarter. And the riches that are there are lost. We do that. We hold on to the wealth that we have and God is pouring things upon us and we're going, I've got this. And God is just filling us with abundance and we're just letting it go. Don't be afraid to let that quarter go. Don't be afraid to let your money go. God is the sustainer of all things. If you don't have it, you don't need it because God fulfills your needs. <clears throat> the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. The one who leads with zeal. Are you guys happy about knowing Jesus Christ? Are you excited to share Jesus Christ with others? Yeah. Have you come across people and go, hey, this is what I heard in church today. I'm so excited. I'm going to share it with you. A lot of us don't. A lot of us walk out. You guys know me. You get me started. I'm going. Kathy and I, you know, and she takes the brunt of things or the lack of things because I get excited in front of people. And then when we're at home, I'm like, whew, I can breathe. She's like, well, what about all that joy you just had? <laughs> like I still have it. But, you know, those that are closest to us are the hardest ones to reach and the hardest ones to talk to. So you guys, when you go home, be filled with the zeal and the excitement of knowing God's word. Hey, I forgot anything that Ron said, but I know where we were. Let me read this passage to you. What do you think? Share it. So we've been given gifts. We've been handed the gifts. And we know that they didn't cost us anything. God freely gave them to us. We need to share them. So the next chapter, it says, my subheading is, make marks of a true Christian. So you have all these things, what do you do? If somebody saw you on the street, would they say that person is different? Would they pick you out and say, why? What's the difference in your life? Would they see a difference of you walking in a Christian way? Why didn't you pile on when we were talking bad about that other person? Why did you walk away? Why did you turn your eyes from that picture or that video? Why did you do different things? Why did you offer money to that stranger on the street? Why did you say thank you to the waitress because the food was horrible? Why did you do those things? Because you're walking as Christ. You're sharing love. So let's get into this. Let love be genuine. We talked a little bit about that before, but you guys, <clears throat> genuine love is love that is given to you from God Almighty. You are loved. You are cared for. Can you share that with others? Can you share that genuinely and truly in your heart? Can you walk up to someone and say, I love you and give them a hug and not go, boy, if I could squeeze the life out of this guy, I would. You know, sometimes we do that. <clears throat> sometimes we fake love. Oh, I love you, dear. I love you too. See you later. 
And actually, the fact is, is that if you didn't say I love you and you just stayed with that person and shared time with them, that would be the genuine love you get to share. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. I have to look this up because I didn't remember the verse. Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Oh, we should never hate, yeah? You should. Hate evil. That's fine. Hold on to what is good. Abhor evil. Anything that's wrong, stay away from it. Don't think that, oh, it's okay. Don't be complacent with it. Oh, that's fine. That's, that's their life. They can do that. That's okay. Or, you know what? I just do this at this point. I just yell at traffic drivers, you know, people in traffic when they cut me off. Other than that, I'm fine. I just yell at those people. You guys, any evil, anything that's bad, stay away from it. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. Wouldn't that be a cool challenge? Wouldn't that be a cool battle? And yes, believe me, pride's going to jump in there. Let me serve you. Let me serve you better. No, let me do this for you. No, let me do this. We've often fought over pay or uh, the receipt when you have uh, dinner, the bill. <laughs> We've often fought over that. No, no, let me, let me, let me. We've also gone to the fact of where you're sitting there and you go, oh, and you do this, but you don't really get your wallet. You just kind of pretend like you're going to be close because you want the other person to pay. But you know what? It really is. Hey, let me cover this for you. And then when that person says, no, I invited you, let me go. Outdo them by the gratification. Don't say, nope, it's going to be on me. That's pride. Be thankful to them and say, okay, thank you very much. There's a lot of things that we don't ever want to receive from people. And a lot of that is goodness. Because of pride, we want to be the good people. We don't want other people doing better than we are. When we come up, and, and sometimes you'll get in a realm with a bunch of guys that are talking about the Bible, and they'll want to do a, outdo each other and showing how much they know. Instead of coming through and hearing something and going, I never thought of that, thank you. It's not a matter of outdoing them in a greater capacity. It's about outdoing them in love. Try to outlove somebody. It's pretty cool. Number one, you'll never outlove God. Go ahead and try. Give, give, give. Love, love, love. And guess what? It's going to be coming back to you in greater measures. Try to outdo one another in kindness, goodness, grace, patience, goodness. And I blew that. Galatians 5.22. You can turn to it and run through. <clears throat> Live in, I'm sorry, contribute to the, let me get where I'm supposed to be. How do one another show now? Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Slothful in zeal, we talked about that. You guys, the excitement of the Lord, it really is something to be excited about, something to be encouraged about. Don't sit there and go, okay, thank you. If I sat here and droned on about the Bible and just read passages, would you receive anything good? No, you'd be wondering what you're doing next and how fast you can get out of here. But do it with zeal and excitement. And that also means receive with zeal and excitement. Have you ever been to somebody and they're like, I need to share with you this. And you go, okay, go ahead. 
I've done it to my wife and I'm sorry. It's like, yes, I'm going to listen to this. But when they come up and go, hey, I want to tell you about this, go, what? Be excited. Show zeal. This book, God says, hey, I want to tell you this. Jump back and go, what? Let's do this, God. Share with me. And he will in great abundance. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope. Our hope is not a wish. Our hope is the anticipation of something true that is going to come. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in eternity with him, never to be away from him. That is not a wish. That is a granted um, word. It's a promise from God. He will never leave us nor forsake us. If Jesus Christ is your Savior, you will never be without God. So rejoice in that hope. Be patient in tribulation. Guess what? Today's not going the way I thought it would. There's struggles. Oh, did you see the bills I got? Ah, that's no good. Hey, the car's out of gas. All these things are going against me. It rained when we were supposed to have a picnic. Ah, tribulation. Ah. Honestly, it's nothing. But the fact is, is when things come through and trials come, remember that trials are to build you up. God gives you trials. Satan gives you temptations to have you fail. God wants to strengthen you and to have you succeed. So when we're in tribulation, remember that you're going to get through it because God has not left you. And see what it is. What's going to strengthen me out of this? How will I be stronger? Sometimes you may never see it and you'll go through it. And then a life next to you will come up and say, you won't believe what I'm going through. And you go, tell me about it. And you go, I understand. I've been there. I went through this. And you share with them. Be constant in prayer. Are we? Of course not. Are we supposed to be? Yes. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That means all the time, everything that you have is loving the Lord. You're sharing with him. You're being with him. You're caring about him. You're praising him. You're lifting him up. That's constant prayer. Constant prayer doesn't mean, oh, I need to be praying for this because I want this, and I need to pray for the lottery, and I need to pray for this, and I need to pray for my new car, and I need to pray. It's not a wish list going to God. It's praising him. Lift him up continually. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You guys, and back in these days, the hospitality was greatly needed because the apostles and those with them were going town to town and there wasn't a holiday inn. Okay? They would need a place to stay. And a lot of times when they approached the town, most of the people would be against them. They hadn't heard the word. They hadn't believed in Jesus yet. So they needed a comfortable place to stay and to have food and to be welcome. One of the things that we have to show hospitality in is when somebody walks in that door or the back door. Have you been in a church where you've allowed somebody to come in and sit in the back seat and never said hi to them? Oh, we welcomed them because the door was open. And we never said hi. We never shared time with them. We got done with church and went, let's go to our friends and talk to this group. We showed no hospitality that those were seeking the Lord. Please never let this happen at this church. And, and I can't say that I've ever seen that. I know that sometimes people would like to be in the back, church, back of the church and they would like to leave out that door as fast as they can. And I know that we've trapped them. So... <laughs> We've actually spoken and went, 
did you get that person? And it's like, yes. Because we want to be, we want them to know that they're loved and we cared about them and that we know that you're here. Because this is God's house. We want to show hospitality. We're keepers of God's house. Everyone is welcome here and they should feel loved. So, you know, show hospitality here. Seek to show hospitality. Hi, I wandered into town. I've got nowhere to stay. You know what? I have a room. Pretty crazy. But we can show hospitality in our own homes as well because, again, we are one body. If we're showing hospitality in our home, we're showing hospitality through this church. This church is showing hospitality through the Church of Christ. We're lifting up God and showing the right things that are to be done. Show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Wow, I've never thought when somebody's done something wrong to me to curse them. That's such a strange idea. No, I've thought of that a lot. (laughs) Somebody does something to me, and and again, I'll jump right the car. Somebody passes you or cuts you off or is a little too close. Why that guy? And instead of thinking, you know what? Maybe there's an emergency they're in a hurry for. Maybe they're late for work, and this could be the last chance they have, and they'll be fired if they never get there. We don't know their lives. I'm really fast at cursing them. Am I fast at praying for them? Now I am. When somebody does something and goes through, and and I see speeding and, and things, I don't know why they're doing it, but I do pray for them, and I pray for all those around them. I pray that their safety is there. If they need to be stopped by the police, I pray that the police will stop them and slow them down. But I don't do it out of vengeance. I don't do it out of hatred. I just pray for them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. When people are happy, you don't have to come in and go, Yay, this is a great celebration. Oh, it's me. Let me tell you about my day. You guys think you're happy now, but I'll be able to bring you down. I got some horrible things going on in my life. When there's joy and there's happiness and somebody comes in and goes, isn't this the greatest day? God has blessed us. Join in with them. Be happy. Share their joy. Take it and listen to them and go, wow. And if they haven't given the rejoicing to the God, to God, share that with them. Wow, I've had an amazing day. I was able to eat this and we went to this meal and we were all together. Just simple words. Isn't God wonderful? He allowed you to do all that and rejoice with them and go, this is a blessing. This is fantastic. Weep with those who weep. I'm a man. I don't like to see tears. I like, you know, we were grown up and it's like, don't cry, I'll give you something to cry about. Yep. (laughs) And you guys, it was one of these male things. It's like, okay, we don't cry. We don't weep. We're not sorrowful. Hide it. Stuff it down, way down deep, and never let it come out. Okay, That's a worldly thought for men in a different age. Don't ever do that. When people are sad and they're weeping, mourn with them. Find out why the sadness is there. You know, funerals are both sad and wonderful at the same time, and it's so hard. I've been to funerals that the person didn't know Jesus Christ. And it is extremely difficult for those that are crying and weeping and they don't know Christ and there's not a lot you can say. And I've been to funerals where everybody is laughing and joyful and happy and just sharing that they are with the Lord. 
And it's like you can't help but think, man, I wish I was with them. You know, it's just wonderful. But it's wrong for us to go when somebody is sorrowful and weeping and sad and go, come on, turn that frown upside down. Put on a happy face. Let's do it. Sometimes you just need to go sit next to them and hold them. Sometimes you need to listen to them and see what they say. Again, as a man, I love correction. You tell me a problem, I'll show you how to fix it. But I'm learning that's not what people need. Sometimes people like to share what is going on. And you need to listen to them and share and be compassionate about what they feel. It is their lives. So, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate yourself with the lowly. Do not be haughty. Pride. Paul, who wrote this, had great reason to be proud. Paul was, before a Christian, just had unbelievable zeal for God. And these crazy Christians came around and started talking about Jesus. Paul went after them. Paul persecuted them. Paul got to each town and tried to find them, to destroy them. Christ presented himself to Paul said, why are you persecuting? Paul saw Jesus in person, which gives him the right to be the apostle. Paul led churches. He led people to Christ. He founded so much. He wrote these books. He wrote these letters. Paul was loved and knew the love of Christ. And man, he could really hold that above people. But he didn't. 2 Corinthians 12.7. I'm going to take a minute and find it. Sorry, I didn't have it marked. Paul says, So to keep me from being conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. God gives us gifts. And when we start having an abundance of these gifts and we start utilizing them and we start realizing them, it's a perfect time for pride to come in and start tearing you down. You don't see it happen. You just go, you know what? I do know that computer. Watch me when I get on the piano. My voice is fantastic. And you start building yourself up going, God gave me all these gifts. Look who I am. And we take our focus away from God and we turn it to ourselves. So remember that when you receive these gifts and you're sharing these gifts and you're getting an abundance from God, it just means that God loves you, trusts you, and is filling you to what you're able to do. God doesn't dump a bunch of things on you that you will never use. God gives you what you need. Not wants and desires. God gives you what you need. He gives you what you need to share with others. He gives you finance to share with others if that's what he did. He gives you the ability to teach if that's what he has done. There are many different gifts that God gives. 
And it's not just that you get one and done. God will continue to feed you gifts and bestow them upon you as you use them greater and greater for his glory. But do not be conceited. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This is very tough. Before that, it says, "Report, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And then it jumps into, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. There's a, a huge message that we can go into a whole sermon on this. But one thing I want you to know, and, and it's very light because we're getting to the end, it's as far as you have the ability, you guys. The ability given to you is from God. Okay? We think that we can do better than God. We think that we can do it in a different way. There's been many times where I've wanted to be God's counselor that I wanted to share what he should be doing because the ways that I see it are different than the way that it actually is, the way that he's performed. What I need to do is make sure I stay in my lane. God gives me gifts. I can use those gifts. I am not God. As far as it depends on me, I would love to live peaceably with you. Sometimes that means sharing things with you. Sometimes it means walking away from you. Because if I stay in conflict, say with a non-believer of Christ, and he just wants to battle, just wants to tell me why you don't believe in Christ, just wants to fight, 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 I can walk away from that. It's not my battle. It's not in my lane. Okay? God has not given me that. God is the one who changes hearts. God is the one that leads others. Believe it or not, we don't even have the, you know, some people say, I led that person to Christ. No, you didn't. You shared the information of Christ with them. God, through the Holy Spirit, led them to faith in Jesus Christ. So remember that if we can live peaceably with others, we do it. It doesn't mean if you have to fight them, fight them, go ahead. As far as you're concerned in everything that you do and everything that you have, live peaceably with others. Beloved, great word, those that are loved. Paul may be speaking from himself, but we are loved by God, and that is a fact. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. A very difficult thing to do, you guys. Because the world attacks us and attacks us and attacks us. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. We see all that going on, and you're right. It's not fair. Most of the stuff that, that is going on these days, that's not fair. Okay? But it's also not God. It's the world. God is fair and just and loving and full of grace and full of mercy. We have that, and that's who we should be concerned with. When it says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. This is not your vengeance. This is not, I'm going to do good so I can hurt that person greater. 
There are a lot of different things that are said in this passage about the burning coals on their head. But the biggest thing here is overcome. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. When we do good to those who do wrong, we are showing them, guys, you're on the wrong path. Change. When we're opposite them and, and we're showing them the good things that are going on and we're confronted with them and we're going, that's not right. Sometimes when you have people that are talking bad about others and you stop them, they're angry at you. Hey, you know, you really shouldn't be talking about that person that way. Well, well, what do you know? They said this to me. They did this. They did that. doesn't matter. What you need is to give them grace and to share mercy. And when somebody's hungry and you feed them, that's, that's a wonderful thing. But do you feed your enemy? Do you give a drink of water to the one who hates you? It all boils down to the fact that God gave his son to his enemies. Before Christ, we were enemies of God, believe it or not. You don't think you were. You were against God. You were a sinner. A sinner, a sinner had no place with a righteous and holy God. And we were sinners. And the only way we got out of that is the salvation through Jesus Christ alone. God gave us that salvation while we were his enemies. He gave us food. He gave us drink. He gave us his son. If God has done that for us and saved us for eternity, can we share a little about that with our neighbor? Can we show grace and mercy to the one next to us that we don't agree with? Can we show peace to the ones that are shooting off fireworks in the middle of the night? Driving cars, what you feel is reckless speaking to others or sharing things that they shouldn't be sharing? Can we show love to them? Can we forgive them as God has forgiven you? Can we share the gifts that God has bestowed on you to not only our friends and those sitting in this church, but to our enemies? Because that is how we battle the world. We don't join with it. We go against it. Our weapons are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against these, there are no laws. That is what we battle with. Remember, the battle has been won by Christ. We are saved. We can share. One of the titles on first point, God has gifted you. What now? Share those gifts. What God has given you, don't keep for yourself. Share them. I feel with great love with Eric because God has given him a gift that's unbelievable. Memory of the Bible and his knowledge and things. I knew Eric before. I met him before he was a Christian. I watched him develop for a few years. I saw the first time he preached. And now I stand in awe of all that he knows and all that he shares and all that he loves and the trials that have come into his life. And you know what? He shares that with us. I share with what I know, what I can. 
Would you walk out of here today and share Jesus with those that are around you? Because it's not about hearing. It's about receiving and doing. God has given you a gift. Please use it. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning that you have given us. Lord, blessing upon blessing upon blessing, more than we can ever imagine. And yet we also know the trials and tribulations and the devastation that are going on, not only in this country, but throughout this world. Lord, as men and women, we feel that it is out of control. That what good could come of it? How can this be saved? Lord, you have a plan. We rest in you. We come to you. You have given us gifts, great gifts, Lord. And please, Lord, forgive us for storing them up for ourselves. Let us freely go out, Lord. Share your word today. Share your love, your kindness. Lord, let us preach and praise you. Let us use the words if necessary, but let us use our bodies, our whole bodies and our soul and our strength, Lord. Let us share your word. We love you greatly and thank you for this time that you give us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.